0: This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now, tomorrow is World Chocolate Day, and we thought what better way to celebrate than with the region's first and only female Emirati pastry chef, Sahar Al Awadi of Burj Al Arab? Sahar will be talking her passion for food and the sweet life, as well as sharing her favorite chocolate recipes. That is all coming up here on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. It is Life Beats, and we are here to celebrate the joy of chocolate in the run up to World Chocolate Day, and we are doing it in style with chef Sahar Al-Awadhi. When uh, Sahar took on the role as junior sous-chef in uh, the pastry kitchen at Burj Al Arab in 2016, she became the first Emirati chef to work at the iconic hotel. And after a recent promotion to junior pastry chef, she now holds the title of the first and only female Emirati pastry chef in the region. Sahar al Awadi, welcome back to Sharjah. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) Welcome back. I studied in Sharjah.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's it's so interesting because, you know, back in uh, 2009 you graduated from AUS, Mm -hmm. American University of Sharjah, but you studied, this is interesting, mass communication, advertising and design. Correct. And now you are a uh, renowned chef. (laughs) (laughs) How
1: does that happen, right? Yes, exactly.
0: How does that
1: happen? Uh, I think I had a real passion for cooking. i I did study uh, communication design. I did work in communication and social media and branding and marketing and all that good stuff. Um, but I just in the back of my head, I just love to bake and I just love to cook. So I just had to explore it. Otherwise, I, I kept thinking, like, if you don't do it, you're gonna just continuously
0: wonder, What if I had done it? Because this is the thing. Uh, Your brothers have been on the show before. (laughs) Mohammed and Payman, big shout out to them. Uh, Hello. You know, you are part of maybe uh, the UAE's most famous Emirati foodie family, (laughs) right? (laughs) (laughs) So talk to me about, you know, growing up with food and, and, you know, how that became such a big part of your life and and your love of it as well. Yeah. Uh, I always say... My parents
1: were very adventurous. They love to explore new cuisines, new foods, and not just exploring it, they cook it at home. That's
0: unusual for Arabs. Yes. Arabs tend to stick to their own yes, very much. Yes, we right? love
1: the rice and meat. Yes. Um, but my parents loved all the other stuff. And my mom specifically has an amazing palate. She still does. And she could taste something and she'll list down every single ingredient that's in that dish. And it's easy for her to make, like just to remake, just based off, just by tasting pure it. tasting. Wow!
0: Yeah, she's incredible.
1: Yeah. Your favorite dishes that your mom cooks for you? Oh man, <laughs> you know the the one dish that always comes to mind when I think about her palate is this. She had this um, prawn stew in Spain sometime like forty years ago, and made it at home, and we still have it on a regular basis and it's this combination of sweet and sour and a little bit spicy and it's a tomato based sauce and the prawns are like shelled in there so you get in there you get your hands dirty but it's it's absolutely delicious and I always remember that dish. That sounds epic. Yeah. Is it
0: with is it served with rice or is it on its own or on it, its own. Oh, on its
1: own. Do you dip with bread? I'm just trying you to think. You dip with bread and then you like you shell the, wow. the prawns, you dip it
0: back in the sauce. The sauce is fantastic. <laughs> it's like got all of the the best things that you can find exactly. in a dish. The sweet, the sour, <laughs> you know, the messy, the the everything yeah. is in there. It sounds epic. Yeah. It sounds fantastic. But then, you know, uh, you did study uh, mass and uh, then you were like okay I'm want to become a chef so it some parents don't take too well when you kind of do a 180 (laughs) yeah and go I want to do something completely different what did your parents kind of say and and, uh, how did that then start for you
1: it was definitely a foreign concept for them Um, they just didn't know how to deal with it they didn't understand it they didn't know who to call to ask about it because it hadn't been done before because you know in the community um, when you don't know about something you want to find out, you call your neighbors, your uncles, your aunts, and, and, and all of that. And they just didn't know who to call. Um, so I had to slowly kind of um, explain to them what I was trying to do. Initially, when I started, I'm like, it's going to be temporary. Eventually, I'm going to open my own. <laughs> I just want to learn just for a little bit. <laughs> and then one year turned into two, into three,
0: and five years in now. And I'm like... You just didn't look back. That's it. I just didn't look back. Amazing. So yeah. you actually, um, you worked at Le Serre. I did. So talk to us about this with uh, Chef Izu Ani, Correct. Who uh, I love. I mean, quite frankly, if you don't love food, as soon as you meet Chef Izu, correct, you'll be done. You know, right. that's it. it yeah, it, You're kind of converted. It's like infectious, right? Completely. he has a
1: complete love for food. Um, and he loves pastries too. So it's not just... Um, not just the savory stuff, he loves sweet, he has a sweet tooth. He's French trained himself. He's French French trained, Yes. um, and it was amazing working with him because he has a real respect for the kitchen and the ingredients and keeping things simple but extremely tasty. So we'll make a caramel tart, a salted caramel tart, and that'll be the only thing that you taste because that's the only thing that matters in the tart. Exactly, right? exactly. It's just the one ingredient, highlight it, and highlight it beautifully. And he'll do that with all of his dishes. And I think I kind of picked that up from him, the, the the real respect for the
0: ingredient and highlighting the ingredient in the dish. Oh, I love that so much. It, it You know, we are going to kind of delve into what you love to cook now uh, in a little bit as well. Um, you know, it, for you, you know, growing up with food, it was an essential part of, of who you are. Uh, and I want to kind of ask you about how now you know when you go when you went to France when you studied in France kind of what that was like when you compared you know what you had back home and what you started to learn when you went to France what was that experience like?
1: Um, So I worked in France Mm. Um, Chef Izu had sent me there to learn everything that I needed to learn about bread so French bread And it was this little bakery and the the kitchen was underground and the baker that I was working with, uh, George, had been working in that exact bakery for 15 years, and prior to that, another 30 years. Um, And his starter, which is what makes the dough come up, was 30 years old. So coming from like a background of, you know, the breads that we make are almost instantaneous. Yes. You like make the bread, you make the dough now and like an hour later you c- you can have bread. It's instant. It's instant. Yes. Uh, to have that sort of patience to keep something alive for 30 years and then have the patience to prepare a dough the day before, proof it, shape it, proof it again, bake it, takes at least 24 hours. It's a process that's incredible. It takes a lot of patience and precision. And it's just great to see just a completely different perspective on bread. And it's just the same ingredients. It's flour,
0: water, salt. That's, a, you know, amazing to see that because it's like this, um, the heritage is there. Right. You know, they really value that that culture that comes with producing the food and, you know, the sources of the food, as you're saying, 30 years old. Yeah it's just it it is unbelievable it's incredible yeah and I can't even keep
1: a plant alive (laughs) for like a month
0: (laughs) so you brought that you know brought that love and brought that passion and respect you know for the food with you yeah uh, back here when you were working here as well right yeah yeah Yeah. amazing Um, I want to come back in just a moment and start talking about chocolate okay because that's what we're here to talk about a lot of people are probably thinking wait a minute didn't we have um, World Chocolate Day back in July Mm -hmm. it's true there was World Chocolate Day back in July, but in the US they celebrate on the 13th, and that's fine. Whatever excuse we can have <laughs> to celebrate chocolate, uh, we are going to do it. So uh, we're going to do that when we come back here with uh, Sahar Al Awadi on Life Beats on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Celebrating International uh, Chocolate Day with Chef Sahar Al-Awadhi. Now, um, Sahar, I want to ask you about chocolate. You know, it is something... I I, I don't know how anybody can not like chocolate. That's just my opinion. Uh, I know that there are very few people who don't. However, you know, this is an ingredient that is um, one of those things that is so incredibly versatile but uh, it it is something that elicits a a joy that very few other ingredients has, right? So for you, I want to know from you, what does chocolate mean to you? Let's get deep and (laughs) meaningful here.
1: (laughs) What does chocolate mean to me? I mean, I
0: definitely love to eat chocolate. Uh, I definitely love to bake with chocolate. Everyone's got their favorites. What's your type of favorite, dark milk? White, which doesn't really count as chocolate. Dark. Dark, for sure.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: You're in for the full flavor. I'm in for
1: the full flavor. Um, Mirzam makes these amazing dark chocolates. Uh, They use, like, minimal ingredients. There's barely anything in there. It's mostly chocolate. So you really, like, taste the flavor of chocolate. Mm. It's fantastic.
0: I love that. And so, you know, your memories growing up with chocolate. Because everyone's got, like, their favorite chocolates. Something that they always go back to. What yeah. was it for you? The Betty Crocker chocolate cake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <The> be- <laughs> That's one of the good ones. And then I always loved... Have you
0: ever heard of Crunchy, the Cadbury bar? It's can can you just stop? Like, when <laughs> you can't ask an Australian, "Have you ever heard of crunchy?" Oh, really? It's like an Aussie thing. Really? Well, I just came back from Sydney from my hometown, <laughs> and I just completely went crazy like I needed to find the closest place that sold a crunchy because I missed <laughs> it that much. Is it better in Australia? I yes. Okay. Yes, cuz it's, you know, this is our thing, right? (laughs) But why do you love that so much? Tell me. I don't know. There
1: was this, like, the chocolate was really great. There was a combination of, like, this honeycomb thing in the
0: middle. And I love honey. And just, (laughs) it was just great. You know what? This is the thing. You have to explain it to people who have never had a Crunchy. However, if you've had one, you will understand exactly what exactly. we're talking about. Exactly. So have a Crunchy, whatever, wherever you can get one. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, uh, what's interesting is that's made by by uh, Cadbury. And um, Cadbury, every year in the UK, they actually have a competition where you can design your own chocolate bar. So if you could design your own chocolate bar, Whoa. what would that look like? <laughs> oh man, putting me on the spot, huh? <laughs> Are you one of those people who has to have nuts in there? Would you put? You know, I, know. I, uh, I do love the fruit and nut ones.
1: Oh, like one of those weird ones that loves fruit and nuts. Yeah, um, I do love the honeycomb. I don't like nuts only. I don't know.
0: Can are we? there like particular flavors you would put in there? I don't know. Some people are into like um, uh, pineapple and I don't know what. They're orange. Just, I like orange You're and an orange person. Cherry. Are you a cherry person? And chocolate? Yes. Have you had a cherry ripe? What's a cherry ripe? Oh, dear. We need to We need to oh, get no. you a cherry ripe. Somebody get us a cherry ripe. And somebody there.
1: take away my title because <laughs> I don't know what a cherry
0: ripe is. That is epic. So that's dark chocolate <laughs> with like a cherry filling in the middle. Okay. Okay. With coconut and it's oh it's i do love coconut bounty Co- oh, coconut Always. cherries and dark chocolate this is something you need to try we need to get you to try this okay or i'll just ASAP. make it yes that's I why i got into it.
1: pastry cuz i'm like i'm not waiting for anybody to make this for me i'm making it myself
0: all right so let's talk about you know how you like to cook with it you know what you love to make with chocolate
1: um again i really love to highlight the chocolate flavor so mm. whenever i try to make something chocolate i the complementary flavor will be very subtle, and I'll try to highlight the chocolate that we're using. And there are different kinds of chocolates that you use for different things. So the milk and the white and the dark, and then even within that, there are different things. There are the chocolates that are fruity. There are cho- chocolates that are more deep and rich. And it just, there's so many variations. It just depends on what you're you're cooking with. If If I'm cooking with, let's say, chocolate and cherry I'll use a chocolate that's a little bit more acidic and fruity so that that'll bring out the flavors of the cherry as well Mm. versus if you're making like a chocolate brownie you'll use something that's really deep and rich and has a high percentage of cocoa in there so it really depends
0: on on what you're making. Absolutely. Understanding the flavors, um, because, you know, you could say dark chocolate, but not all dark chocolate is the same. Exactly. You know, and and it's all about um, the origins, isn't it? Of where that chocolate comes from, the kind of, you you were talking about the, you know, the flavor notes. Right. That come within that chocolate, how it's harvested, how it's roasted. Right. And then then the fermentation
1: process, right? Because now what some of the companies are doing Is that they're fermenting the beans so that the beans, the cocoa beans, have to go through a fermentation process. um, And sometimes they ferment them once or twice or three times. And during that fermentation process, they start to add ingredients in the fermentation. So they'll add, on the last fermentation, they'll add passion fruit pulp and then it'll all ferment together. And then the chocolate comes out with a passion fruit note. Ooh. Right?
0: That sounds fantastic. Yeah. That kind of that sweet and sour passion fruit in there. Exactly. In the chocolate. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking my language. (laughs) This is amazing. Oh, my goodness. Um, We have to come back uh, in just a moment and talk a bit more about chocolate. And you're going to share some of your uh, favorite recipes as well. But this one is for you, Chef Sahar. This is uh, a little bit of cheek to cheek with Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald.
1: You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse 95. Pulse
0: 95. Live beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Chef Sahar Awadi is uh, with me in the studio, and we are talking all things uh, chocolate. Yes, we, we we kept going on and on about the uh, cherry ripe. Uh, and then moved on to the Tim Tam Slam. So the next thing you know, we'll be doing a Tim Tam Slam with Chef Sahar. <laughs> but we're going to kind of uh, talk about uh, your favorite recipes, um, Sahar, in terms of what you like to make when it comes to chocolate. And I think uh, you've got uh, for us uh, a dark chocolate and gahwa panna cotta. Yeah, I like this. Tell me.
1: Uh, it's kind of my go to recipe. So when I'm in a pinch, I'll make this. Um, is it really easy to make? Super easy to make. Okay, we love um, that. Yeah, so it's just like um, boiling the cream, adding the gahwa. And I love gahwa because it's even people who don't like coffee, they'll enjoy that. So gahwa is the Emirati way of making coffee Correct. with the cardamom in it. Right, and it's a light roasted coffee and it has cardamom in it some people put saffron or clove in it and it's it all all of those spices still work with chocolate um so you can add and omit whatever you like but i like to keep it at chocolate and cardamom because i love that combination mm. um and i use a really dark chocolate for the panna cotta and it sets and it's 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 a little bit creamy and it has this note of cardamom which is very for me, it's very comforting because I grew up with that spice. Yeah. Um, so when I have it, I feel like I'm just,
0: it's a comfort food. It is. It is. I mean, cardamom or hell as we call it in yeah. Arabic, it is just one of those beautiful, beautiful spices that goes across the spectrum. Every Almost every single dish works with cardamom. Exactly. It's it, like it, cinnamon, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's like cinnamon. For us, for the Iraqis, we um, don't put cardamom in the coffee. We put cardamom in the tea. Oh, nice. Which is gorgeous. Yeah. Chai Bilhael is like so so gorgeous. Chai Bilhael and rose water. Ah, that sounds amazing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go and do this (laughs) immediately after the show. I love that there are so many ideas for for all of us to take away from this and to just use and, you know, go crazy with. But, you know, it's interesting because you, um, we talk about this a lot. Um, the fact that you are the first Emirati pastry chef in the region um, and and you must be sick of hearing that but do you feel like you know this, this is gonna be opening doors for other young women out there who were thinking of becoming chefs but were like well I don't know if I fit into this world I don't know if I can do it but then they see you and the incredible joy and passion that you bring to what you do that it will open up doors for others
1: I hope so I hope so Um where I was in a situation where my parents couldn't find anybody to talk to, to figure out what it was like to be a chef or work Mm -hmm. in the hospitality industry. I hope that whoever is like, even considering it, will slide into my DMs and ask me about it. And I'm happy to like answer any questions. Uh, uh, I'll be completely honest, it's not easy. Yeah, It took everything out of me. Uh, to do the complete switch and to work in the industry. It's not an, uh, an easy industry to work in. Yeah. But I'll be happy to help. I'll be happy to give advice. I'll be happy to like have you come into the kitchen and see what it's like to work in the kitchen, um, whatever it is. But I hope that people take the leap of
0: faith to do it. I love that. I love that so much that, you know, you're there to help mentor others as well into the industry, which is brilliant. So going from there, And coming back to our chocolate discussion, um, you know, in terms of combining uh, the Arabic flavors, most of them tend to work quite well with chocolate, don't they? Uh,
1: They do, a lot of them, because we use a lot of spices, Mm. right? Um, Predominantly, um, our foods contain a lot of spices and then all the rest of the ingredients are very neutral ingredients. So whether it's rice, or chicken, or meat, or even with our pastries. So we'll make khanfurush but chanforush is—it's essentially a rice cake, and rice is still a neutral ingredient, right? Um, it's like a carrier of flavor. It's like a blank canvas. Correct. Mm. Uh, so the spices go really well with a lot of things. Yeah,
0: yeah, they do, they do. But you know, in in terms of uh, desserts as well, yeah. When you're combining them with something sweet, in terms of uh, chocolate, would you go for orange blossom water with with chocolate in any of your uh, dishes? Would you go for, um, you know, more nuts as well? Nuts are just well known. Yeah, you can just you know get them in there and right. create something amazing. But what about things like uh, orange blossom water? Uh, dates even you dates know, we chocolate. do we do do a combination like uh,
1: we have a really great cheesecake actually at work that's uh, at Al Arab. <laughs> at work <laughs> um, that's a white chocolate cheesecake and we add orange blossom to it and dates and it's
0: really good See what what has to be you know um, uh, highlighted here is that you're just talking about just some very simple ingredients. Yeah, it's not over the top. It's not complicated. You're celebrating what you've got there. Yeah, in terms of you know the regional ingredients that that you know are native to the UAE, and just combining them with a couple of other things, and then it yeah. becomes something extraordinary. It doesn't
1: have to be complicated. If it works, it works. If it doesn't.
0: Try again. Try again. Do
1: it again. There are so many different ingredients to work with and like so many different kinds of chocolates. It doesn't necessarily have to be a dark chocolate. So where orange blossom might not work with a certain dark chocolate, it works fantastic with a white chocolate. Mm. Exactly. Try different chocolate. Are you a fan of ruby chocolate? Ruby chocolate is interesting. Um, Ruby chocolate is actually you know i was watching a video about the fermentation of chocolate yes and the early stages of a chocolate are ruby color
0: Mm. um
1: and that's i think where the ruby chocolate comes from and it's it's an interesting ingredient to work with and it goes very well with more like berries strawberries raspberries and things like that and we have worked with it before um yeah But it's just, again, it's something to to experiment with. It is something to experiment with. It reacts a little bit differently than um, the other chocolates just Mm. because of the process that it's made. Um, But also, it is very creamy, so it allows you to work with Um, purees and waters,
0: whereas some other chocolates require more cream to enhance them. That is really interesting. Yeah. Okay, something to know about ruby chocolate and how to work with it. When we come back, uh, I'm going to be asking Chef Sahar about uh, the biggest mistakes that we make when working with chocolate. I think people fall down a lot when it comes to having to melt the chocolate before you use it within your recipe. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get your uh, expertise on that and I'm going to be sharing my own recipe that I love when it comes to chocolate. There's a lot more to come here on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse95. All right, we need to ask uh, Chef Sahar about uh, the biggest mistakes that people make when they're trying to work with chocolate. What do you see, Chef? Uh, Definitely the melting process.
1: Okay, that gets
0: everybody. How do you do it properly then?
1: Uh, There's two ways. Microwave in small intervals. So don't microwave like at uh, at four minutes because you'll definitely burn that chocolate. (laughs) So what, are we talking 30 seconds? 30 second intervals. 30 seconds, stir, 30 seconds, stir, 30 seconds, stir. You've got to be
0: patient, right? you have to be patient. And you've got to, you know, Handle it with love. Yes. Like, you know, you really care about it and it's really precious because it is precious. It is. The world is actually (laughs) running out of cocoa beans. That's true. So this is a thing, you know, and it's about respecting that ingredient, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, 30 second intervals Mm -hmm. in the microwave. The second method? Double boiler. Bain-marie. Bain-marie.
1: So just boil some water. uh, Put the bowl on top of the pot. Make sure the bottom doesn't touch because that'll definitely burn it. And then keep stirring until you've melted the chocolate. That's about it. Again, with love. Yes, and definitely don't go straight onto the fire in the pot. <laughs> That'll definitely burn <ruin laughs> your chocolate as
0: well. That is a recipe for disaster, guys. <laughs> so Just do not do that. Okay, expert advice from um, yeah. Chef Sahar. Uh, very important. Um, okay, so I'm going to tell you what my one of my favorite recipes to make is All with right, chocolate. Let's hear it. And it's the German chocolate cake. Okay. So do you know the German chocolate cake? I do love the German chocolate cake. Okay, so for everybody else, um, it is what we were talking about, the the Betty Crocker-style devil's food cake, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So super chocolatey sponge cake. Amazing, right? Okay, so that's your cake. But the the frosting um, is with pecans and caramel and um, coconut. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I'm the kind of person who loves a multi-layered dessert. I like lots of things going on in a dessert. It has to have, you know, um, the the cake part, it has to have a little bit of the frosting, it has to have nuts, it has to have coconut, the crunch, the, you know, everything's going on Yeah. in one dessert.
1: Yeah. That I makes do. me happy. I like that. I Textures, have, right? Yes. texture.
0: You need texture in dessert. I have the ticket of approval from Chef Sahar definitely, on this one. Definitely. I like to make that one myself. Um, and there's a method. I'd like to try it. I'm gonna make it for you. <laughs> I'm gonna make it for you. There is, see, my particular recipe has got. Um, uh, th- there is a thing, and and I'm sure you know you've done this before, where you add like boiling water to the cake, and it kind of makes it even more moist. Yes. Than it normally would be. Yes. So that's that's a little secret. That's a little secret. I do love that. I also love um, cakes
1: that don't have a butter base; that have an oil base. Why? Tell us Uh, the difference. Why is that? It just, it gives you a lighter cake and it's a lot, it's more moist. Yes. Um, I always like cake bases that have like
0: oil instead of butter. I'm the same. Yeah. I have to say, yeah, I'm the same because otherwise it feels like more like, you know, a heavy, uh, like a brownie. Like a a brownie, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Kind of texture to it. Yeah. But yeah, I love that. But a panna cotta... I'm definitely in favor of as well. Mm-hmm. I've got to make that. That is something that and I'm loving this recipe too. So I'm going to try that at home. Okay, and let, you let know. me know what you think. Okay, gel- gelatin. we have got to talk about gelatin. Is it easy to get in the supermarkets for people?
1: Definitely. Um, you'll find it in the baking section, so where you get the chocolate chips and the vanilla extracts mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. It's a little packet. It's like a square packet. Um, you won't like find the, the sheets, but you'll find the packets of the powder. You won't find the sheets, but yeah. you'll find the powder. Okay. Yeah. So it's in a powder form. They're small sachets. I think they're ten grams in each sachet, which is generally what you'll need
0: for about one liter of liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it, you're, you're substituting, fine. you know, the sheets for the sachets, how how much how many grams would you substitute for a sheet if you were if they were asking for a sheet in the in the recipe? I think it's about half. Okay. I think it's about half. Okay. Yeah. okay. So just in case you wanted to know, wanted to make your own panna cotta recipe, Sahar's dark chocolate and gahwa panna cotta in particular, that is what you're going to need. Um, But I need to ask you, before uh, we let you go, about a couple of things. Uh, There was an interesting news story um, that uh, was out last week, I think, uh, around uh, one of the world's most decorated chefs, Marco Pierre White. Mm -hmm. He was talking about women. As chefs, and he said that they were too emotional to become top chefs. What do you think (laughs) about that? Um, I think
1: for me, it's become more about not seeing gender and just uh, recognizing people's capabilities. Mm. Um, I have one of my chefs in my team that's tinier than I am, and I'm tiny. And she runs like crazy. She runs, like she's running from the moment she gets there until the moment that she leaves. And simultaneously, she'll carry four trays at the same time. Four huge trays at the same time. Um, So it's really just about your personal capabilities, how much you push yourself. It has nothing to do with gender and it has nothing to do with it's a lot of pressure working in the kitchen but again it's about your capabilities and how you handle it
0: yeah yeah and if you want it you're gonna get it exactly and speaking of uh, wanting it i need to ask you about your ultimate foodie fantasy chef saha
1: my ultimate foodie fantasy um eating as much as i would like and not getting fat I think that
0: would be my ultimate foodie fantasy. <laughs> I think I've just found my food soulmate <laughs> right here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're right. Yeah. There's just, you know, that uh, to explore the world through food yeah. is one of life's greatest pleasures, yeah. isn't it? I'd, I'd love to, like,
1: eat my way around the world. Um, my friends joke that I have something called food FOMO. So when we travel... Um, I just can't
0: help but try everything. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, how many times are you, gonna e- are you going to visit that place? What if that's the best thing I'm ever going to eat in my life and I just walk past it? 100%. percent you got to be in it. To win it, you've got to try it. You've yeah. got to be there. You've got to experience it. It yeah. is all about the joy of food. Definitely. And quite frankly, today, it has been a joy having you, Thank Chef Thank you Sahar. so much for having me. Thank you. It was <laughs> amazing. There is a lot more uh, coming up right here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.